Good Monday morning, and welcome back to The Daily Buzz. I'm your host, Dayton Nolander. As we reported last week, Governor Spencer Cox has declared a state of emergency in Utah because of the ongoing historic drought. The effects of the drought can be seen clearly at the disappearing Great Salt Lake. Water and land use reporter Leah Larson talks with managing editor Grant Birmingham about what's going on at the iconic Western landmark. Leah, thanks for talking. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. So Leah, is it the Great Salt Lake or is it Great Salt Lake? (laughs) Well, it's not as great as it was a few decades ago, that's for sure. You know, David Noyce is kind of a stickler for using the the. Okay. Um, Something about it. He knows more about grammar than I do. There's definitely debate about it. Like in the scientific community, I've heard people use the or drop the. Okay. Well, in honor of managing editor Dave Noyce, we will use the throughout this conversation. So (laughs) the Great Salt Lake is in trouble. Why don't you start with that? Yeah, the Great Salt Lake has been in trouble for years, actually. Um, Lots of people have been trying to sound the alarm about it. But last summer in July, it hit a record low, which I think finally must have got some attention among lawmakers. So this past session, they took a helicopter tour. They were able to see all the exposed lake bed, see how much it's changed um, from a bird's eye view. And they actually passed a lot of legislation in response So the Great Salt Lake is home to brine shrimp and brine flies. It's kind of hard to care about those things. It takes water, fresh water that comes in through a couple of rivers and turns it into salt water, uh, which is not something we can use. Why should the average person care about the Great Salt Lake? Well, yeah, (laughs) brine shrimp aren't quite as interesting to some people as maybe fish uh, that you would find in a normal lake, but uh, those brine shrimp actually contribute to a multi-million dollar brine egg harvesting inv- industry. So creates lots of jobs, helps the Utah economy. The minerals in the lake are companies that actually mine the minerals. And that um, rakes in more than a billion dollars for the economy and lots and lots of jobs there. There's tourism. There's If you like birds, I mean, who doesn't like birds, right? We get so many species of unique birds that pass through here every single year And this is a major flyway. This is a major resting point for these birds to nest and to feed. So those are just some of the reasons. But, you know, bigger picture, even if you've never been to the Great Salt Lake, if you think it stinks, if you, you know, don't really care about it, if this lake dries up, it's going to be a public health disaster. The blowing dust, all the stuff that's in the dust, which is really not great for your lungs. There's mercury in the lake. There's, you know, we have a long history of mining in Utah and a lot of those tailings and some of that waste has ended up in the lake. So you really don't want that blowing around along the Wasatch Front and making people sick. There's a lot of talk about Utah, greatest snow on earth. And every time there's a big storm, you'll hear, oh, we're getting lake effect snow, which as I've always heard it is that light powdery stuff that everyone loves to slide down on. Is that in trouble if the Great Salt Lake dries up? You know, that's the thing that a lot of people like to point to with the lake in peril. In reality, the lake effect, I think, only contributes like maybe 5%, 5 to 10% of our snowpack. But it does bring storms early in the season, which is good for the ski resorts because it means they can open earlier, which is also great for the skiers if you want a nice long season. So the lake effect is important in that regard. Okay, so you said the legislature picked picked up the baton on the Great Salt Lake this year. What did the great what did the legislature do for the lake this year? 
Um, they did a number of things, some kind of innovative and creative things, I would say. For example, they're going to create sort of a $40 million trust to start investing in the lake, trying to find ways to bring more water to it, which is a pretty big chunk of change. You know, it's not nothing. There was this law that passed where say a farmer has a water right, but it's not economical for him to grow like him or her to grow a certain crop this season. It's more economical for them to let their fields sit fallow. Well, they can take that water right and use it for an environmental purpose. Uh, They can let it sit in stream and uh, kind of shepherd it to the lake to make sure the lake gets water, which is kind of big. It's really hard to change Utah law. Water law, people get really sensitive and feisty about it, I would say. So that was kind of a big deal. And then um, one of the issues I wrote about recently was they've set aside sort of a Great Salt Lake account. So as I mentioned, there are companies that mine minerals in the lake, uh, which I think is super interesting, but the state collects royalties every time they mine those minerals. In the past, they would take those, the state would take those royalties and invest them in things like the state fair park when it was kind of struggling or like But the lawmakers this session said, hey, you know, if we're taking money from this resource, it really should go back to the resource to keep it healthy and keep it sustainable. And one of the minerals we're looking at specifically is lithium, which is kind of a hot commodity right now due to batteries and specifically electric car batteries. So two of the big mineral harvesters on Great Salt Lake are starting to mine lithium. And all the royalties collected from that go back to the lake to help improve its health. All right. So that's all good news for the lake. Does that actually move the needle? Is this lake still drying up? Well, (laughs) yeah, lawmakers can't change mother nature. We had a really dry winter and, you know, a lot of, a lot of our water comes from the snowpack. I mean, it wasn't a terrible year, but we've just had so many cumulative years of like drought and dry conditions that it's just the water's not making it to the lake. So I think Utahns are really going to have to look at their own habits and their own watering practices and, you know, dial back. Maybe you don't need your whole yard to be grass. And of course, agriculture is a big consumer of water. So maybe we need to reevaluate what kinds of things we're growing and our irrigation practices. And if anyone that hasn't traveled to the Great Salt Lake is listening to this, do you have any recommendations on the best spot to take the lake in? You know, absolutely. The spiral jetty. Once upon a time, the road to get to the jetty was just high adventure travel. You definitely needed a high clearance vehicle. And, but now like there's this nice graded road to get out there. Uh, you know, the lake is low, so you can actually see the jetty where, you know, in years past, it's been submerged. It's just like a really great, beautiful place to hang out because it's so salty there. there the bugs that the lake is infamous for, there's no bugs. You know, if you go there on a weekend, I was up there a few weekends ago and there's just families like flying kites and having picnics. And it's just like, it's really great to see people connecting with the lake in this form of land art in that way. And our next story is one that I reported on this past week. A new study released by the Utah Bar Foundation revealed some systemic issues with how Utah handles civil debt and eviction cases. Studying data from 2013 to 2021, the foundation found that debtors and evictees are severely disadvantaged when working through the state's legal system. The report showed that, in 2019, only 3.3% of defendants in eviction cases had legal representation in court, and that only 20% of Utah's evicted defendants are able to satisfy their debts. And having any sort of outstanding eviction debt can be crippling to a person's life prospects. Kim Paulding, the Utah Bar Foundation's executive director, 
said that outstanding eviction debt can make it extremely difficult for people to find new housing, especially in Utah's crowded market. And the Tribune has previously reported that even a prior eviction that is satisfied can hurt potential tenants' chances at finding housing. Unsatisfied eviction debt can also show up on financial background checks and make obtaining employment much more difficult. Both of these factors, the hard-to-obtain housing and employment, make it even more unlikely that evictees are able to pay back the exorbitant judgment amounts that are often handed down in their cases. Paulding said the report's findings have been shared with the Utah courts and interested members of the state legislature, and she hopes it will be of use in future policy decisions. This past weekend, state political delegates met to nominate candidates for this year's elections. Reporters from the Tribune were at both the Republican and Democratic conventions on Saturday. To see who Utah Republicans and Democrats pick to represent their parties, check out sltrib.com. And that's it for today. Reporter Palak J. Swall will be your host for the rest of the week. I also want to give a big shout out to local band The Pelicans for providing our music and all you listeners for joining me this past week. The Daily Buzz will be back tomorrow.